Books can take us around the world. They can take us to the intimate spaces of human experiences, and they can help us grow through their words. Stay tuned for People of the Book with Janice Leibovitz. Good morning, everybody. I'm Janice Leibovitz, and you are, as always, our People of the Book. And another jam-packed show for you this morning. I am lucky to have a fabulous in-studio guest, Eileen Bezema from... Pan Macmillan, one of our very well-known publishers, and I've known Eileen for some time now, quite a few years. Uh, I'm not going to give away the number of years. Um, the surname's Bezema. Do I, did I pronounce that yeah, right? Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for having me, Janice. It's, <laughs> it's an like absolute really pleasure. exciting to be here. It's taken a while to get you in <laughs> yeah. here, and, and I think you tried to back out of it by, by saying... Um, I might send someone else. And I was like, no, you will be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's my very first time, I think, on radio. So it's a debut. We'll um, let you dive in the deep end. So <laughs> great. Welcome. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. And before we chat about the very, very um, long list of books and <laughs> exciting things that Pan Macmillan have in store for readers, Coming up, and some are already on shelves. Quite a few of them are already actually available in store. Um, I know one of them last week I had James Henry as my guest, which yes. was just amazing, chatting about his new book, Reggie and Me. And I know you, you're going to briefly touch on that as well. And I know James is getting married tomorrow. He is, he is. And you can live stream his wedding if you want oh, to. Wow. For, just, so. for the low, low price of $2. Wow. Um, <laughs> if you're a fan of Safari Live, you'll know James. Yes. And, um, yeah, he's live streaming his wedding from, uh, oh, from Cousine Natal. I'm not sure. If all the guests will have to be quarantined. Good grief. So, well, <laughs> congratulations to James. And, um, yes, so I know you'll be chatting briefly about that book that has just been launched and is available and is fabulous. That's Reggie and Me. As always, if you have anything to add to the conversation, you can SMS us on 34519 or you can send us a message on Telegram 06189. 51019. Before I kick off with Eileen though, I have two reviews in from two of our Hive and Book Club members from books that were sent to us very kindly from our, one of our other publishers, Penguin Random House, um, and no rivalry, no competition. Mm -hmm. As Eileen said earlier, it's a small community and, you know, as long as people are reading, no one minds. No one minds. (laughs) So, the first book that, that I have a review for is a book that was, that was mentioned a few weeks ago. I'm not sure if any of you will remember, but I'll bring it back to the front of your minds. And strangely enough, the book review is for a book called You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy. And this has been reviewed by one of our regular reviewers, Sarah Cohen. And this was picked by The Observer, Stylist and Waterstones as one of the best non-fiction books for um, 2020. When was the last time you listened to someone or someone really listened to you? The preference for phones over humans and human conversation seems to be the norm these days. This is among the subjects Kate Murphy analyzes in her fascinating book, You're Not Listening. She sets out the problem in painstaking, depressing detail. At cafes, restaurants, and family dinner tables, 
Rather than talking to one another, people look at their phones. Or if they are talking to one another, the phone is on the table, as if a part of the place setting, taken up at intervals as casually as a knife or fork, implicitly signaling that the present company is not sufficiently engaging. There was a time when, during idle or anxious moments, people reached for a cigarette, she writes. Now, people, just as reflexively, reach for their phones. Like smokers and cigarettes, people get jittery without their phones. And I'll continue with this review after this ad break. Okay. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. And I'm back with my review of You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy, which was reviewed by Sarah Cohen. And to continue with what Sarah thinks of the book, um, she says that Kate states that everybody is interesting if you ask the right questions. And to listen does not mean you need to agree with somebody. The key is to listen and have a command of conversations. She mentions Naomi Henderson, amongst other luminaries who have great listening skills a guru of qualitative research and focus group discussions who says, the real secret to listening I've learned is that it's not about me. I'm holding my cup in front of me and I want them to fill my cup and not pour, pour anything in their cup. During the course of Kate's research and numerous interviews, she noted, noted that women are generally better listeners and also highlighted that people remembered others who listed listened to them decades later with affection and gratitude. Over the past century, she asserts, the average amount of time people have devoted to listening to one another during their waking hours has gone down by almost half from 42% to 24%. I enjoyed this book, says Sarah, and although the book's promise of life-changing content didn't quite materialize for me, Kate has correctly identified a problem. We like to think social media has broadened our horizons, giving us access to voices we would never previously have heard. But the way we engage with these voices is very superficial. It's hard to concentrate on the real world when you're preoccupied with the virtual one, she writes. Listening well does take effort. However, we can gain so much from doing so as we all want to understand and be understood. Thank you, Sarah, once again for... Uh, very well thought out review, and that's a review of You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy. My second review is of a work of fiction. Apparently it was based on a factual event, and um, it's a book called Dear Edward by Anne Napolitano. And this was about um, a plane crash, and this has been reviewed by Karen Hummel. She has scored it um, the rating system for books is generally out of five. I know some books get rated quite low. Some books people feel um, deserve a rating of, of ten. But Karen has rated this book three and a half out of five, which is not, not a bad rating at all. And in reviewing this book, I understand that Karen has not wanted to give away too much of the story. And some books are quite difficult to review without giving a lot away. So what she's done is basically describe the book more than anything else, which gives people an idea of what it is about. It is quite an emotional read. 
and 191 people die in a plane crash from New York to Los Angeles, and one survives, Edward Adler. Each chapter switches between the lives of those on the plane, like Florida, who is running from her husband, Mark, a millionaire who works on Wall Street, and Benjamin, an injured soldier returning home, just to name a few, and also describes Edward's life after the crash. He moves in with his aunt and uncle, Lacey and John. Across the road lives Bessa and her daughter, Shay. Shay and Edward form a friendship quickly, and she helps Edward with his sudden fame and helps him to find the meaning of survival. One day, however, Edward stumbles across two locked duffel bags in his uncle's garage. Inside are letters addressed to Edward from family and friends of those who died in the crash. Can Edward use these to find meaning in his survival? And Karen says she rated this book three and a half out of five because although she enjoyed the book, and, and I know she said it did take her a while to get into it, it had a good storyline, but there were just too many characters, which is why it took her a while to get into the storyline of the book. And as I said, although some people may think that three and a half is not a good rating, on the scale of book reviews, it's actually not that bad. So, and Eileen agrees with me that three and a half is not a bad rating at all. So thank you, Karen, for that review. And remember, if you too want to join the High FM Book Club, you can do so by emailing me at books at highfm.com. As I said earlier, I have in the studio with me a representative from Pan Macmillan Publishers, Eileen Bezema, who I'm thrilled to have here with me, and she's going to be chatting about some of the books that Pan Macmillan have on offer and that you can find in stores. And Eileen's a bit nervous because she's the first time on radio. First and time I have, ever. <laughs> first time ever. And yes, it, it was coercion on my side. How <laughs> proud. Yes, yeah. I'm quite proud. You don't feel like a bully. <laughs> no, I don't feel like a bully at all. At, not at all. Um, but Janice, you are because you <laughs> set me the impossible task of choosing 10 to 12 books, which I think is like, like no one. Like choosing your favorite child, that. isn't it? <laughs> it's really cruel. So that, that is, yeah, I do agree <laughs> that that was a bit cruel. But like I said, you know, you choose those now and then in, in a couple of months you'll be back and there will, will be others. Yes, without a doubt. I um, I'm always happy to come in and punt because I, you know, I'm very lucky that I get to work with these books and these authors um, who are all amazing. <laughs> and, and I'm for, not just saying that. And for many of us, that is just a job that we are, we just envy people <laughs> who get to work with books and who get to uh, read books and work with authors and are surrounded by this kind of environment all the time. Yeah. And after the break, we will get stuck straight into those books. So hang on right in there and we'll be back. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. And I'm back with my in-studio guest, Eileen from Pan Macmillan. And we are going to get stuck into these books that she's going to tell you all about. Books that are available in store. I think most of them are already available, aren't they? Um, most of them. I bought one or two that I thought might be interesting that are coming out next month. Okay, so... So you'll just have to 
wait. You don't have to wait. And as you all know, for a book lover who is looking forward to a book, <laughs> there's nothing worse than waiting for it to arrive on those shelves or on your Kindle or like magic it appears on your Kindle. Finally. It's just the best. But um, right, what have so, you got for us? What I have sent to Janice is mostly local titles because that's what I'm incredibly passionate about is our local writers, our local fiction and non-fiction. Um, and it's really, it's, I mean, it's such a privilege to work with the incredible people who, who write the books for us. So, um, also what's exciting at the beginning of this year is we have a lot of local fiction, um, which I think, you know, really stands up to the international fiction. We it publish. really does. And I know so. that there has up until, Recently, and probably still exists in a lot of people's minds, that mental block against anything local. Yeah. And we really need to dispel the myth that our local authors and most of our local, you know, pro, pro, lo, oh God, I can't, I've got another speak. Most of our local productions and anything that is produced locally is of substandard quality. And especially our local authors really are, as you say, comparable to to those of, of international standards. Definitely. Um, and so the first book I'm going to talk about very briefly because Janice has interviewed the author and I'm sure there's a podcast of that available um, on the yes, on, there on your website. There is. So that is Reggie and Me by James Hendry. Uh, James Hendry's name should be well known to anyone who loves reading. He wrote A Year in the Wild and then Back to the Bush, um, which were some stories of his time as a game ranger uh, in a fictional form. And then this is his latest novel. It's a more serious novel, but still with the same characteristic humor and wit that James brings to his writing. Uh, it's the story of a little boy uh, in the years of 1976 to 1994. Um, and a boy who is kind of an outsider. And, and what James has said before is that, you know, everyone can identify with that. Everyone has those moments where they feel like an outsider. But it was a brilliant interview last week. So I would say Thank you. listen to him talk about it rather than me. <laughs> and um, Hamish, who is the main character in the book, he's he's he sounds like he's very unlikable, but he's not. He's got such endearing qualities. And he's quirky and he's and the book is James has just written a book that is is funny and will South Africans especially will really relate to it. It's very relatable and it's relevant. So that's Reggie and me. That's Reggie and me. And then the next two novels are both out this month. They should be in all stores by now. Um, and we are launching both of them. Uh, Craig, the first one is Craig Higginson. The book is called The Book of Gifts. Uh, this is Craig's seventh book. Um, and his previous book but one is actually an IEB matrix set work it's called the my, dream house my daughter actually has that as a set work this year in grade 11 oh wow yes. and it's just been extended for another year as far as I understand so I think um Craig was saying that the what obviously it's amazing that students are learning as well yes. the one downside is that his goodreads rating has taken something of a plummet on that book oh my goodness all the matrix who are hating it I'm giving him one star review. And this is something that I talk about <laughs> regularly about learners who just by nature dislike prescribed reading. Yeah. Anything that they are told to read, they automatically hate. And we, we need to somehow turn that around. I don't know how. I don't know what the recommendation for that would be, but 
I'm sorry about that, Craig. We need to find a way to change that. Well, I think that this book will only get five-star reviews on Goodreads and every other platform. I read it in January in one day. It is absolutely brilliant. Um, and really, I think it's appealing to anyone because it's it's the story of a family. And I think everybody has a family member who's a bit, I, I don't want to say black sheep, but who doesn't quite fit in with the rest of you. And this story has all of those dynamics of a family where the people are playing off each other and they um, kind of, you, you get to see the darker sides. It's a brilliant book. It's set between Umschlange, um and the Oysterbox Hotel, which is this very yes. glamorous hotel. Yes. Uh, and it's very lush in KZN. Um, and it's summer and it's beautiful. And it opens with the story of a, a young boy, so 10 or 11, falling in love with a slightly older girl. And it is just this absolutely beautiful romantic story. And then you come back into the future and it's Joburg and it's winter. And this boy... Uh, Julian has fallen or been pushed or jumped off the clock tower at school. Oh my gosh. And so as the book unfolds, you find out what has happened. So there is this, it's almost like a murder mystery and um, the structure of the novel. Um, and then there, you, you kind of see the dynamics between the mother and her sister and the sister's husband and Julian, the little boy and the little girl who he had fallen in love with. And it kind of unfolds. It's brilliant. It I sounds think. fabulous. That is the book of gifts by Craig Higginson. It sounds absolutely amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on that. That uh, sounds Awesome. And that's in stores now. So go and look for that book, The Book of Gifts by Craig Higginson. And I'm sure the name will be familiar to many of you. I would think so. Um, and then the next one is by Nahama Brody. Um, it's also a novel. Now, Nahama, I think, has actually been on the station before. She is... Uh, very active in the Jewish community. She's actually, she's going to Israel for her son's uh, bar mitzvah, I think next week. Um, so she might be known, I assume, to some of your listeners. And I think, I, I don't know if she's going to speak, is she not doing some sessions at the Jewish Literary she Festival is, next weekend? She is doing so that's next Sunday. If you're in Cape Town, definitely go. It's and a brilliant And if you're not in out. Cape Town, I suggest actually making plans to get to Cape Town. <laughs> I will be there. And um, it's going to be the most fabulous day. Mm. So um, that's really something to look forward to. And that is something to look forward to every two years on the calendar. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And it's, they always have brilliant interviews and really like full audiences because it's just yes. such a well-organized festival. So Nahama's new book is a novel, as I said. And Nahama is well known as a journalist. She's just finished her PhD in oh, um, gender-based violence, uh, so quite dark subject matter. But this novel is the second in a series about a police detective called uh, Reshma Patel and her partner Ian Jack, who is an ex-police detective. And I think some of Nahama's work for her PhD definitely came into writing this book because it opens um, on the Heart of Sport Dam. And a gardener is clearing, and he's clearing the, the the invasive weed species. And through the weeds floats a woman's hair. And he oh my god! Pulls out a woman. So it's quite a dark, scary opening. And um, but it's very much a thriller. It's in the line of like a Michael Connolly or a David Baldacci. Um, it's fast-paced police procedural. Um, and 
dead woman keep turning up in bodies of water and you kind of can't work out is there a serial killer then there's a connection to the heists the cash and transit heists that are happening um and there is a her previous book in the series knucklebone was there was quite a lot of a supernatural elements um uh, of joburg and kind of some of the traditional beliefs and some uh, other supernatural beliefs were woven in. This one has a little bit of that, but less. But there is a, a character who's a Sangoma. There is, um, yeah, I don't want to give away too much of the story, but it's <laughs> a, a really pacey read. It's, um, it'll have you a little breathless. I, I wouldn't read it at night, but it, it's definitely <laughs> not a horror. It's much more like a thriller. Um, but it, it it's great as well. Um it sounds fabulous. This is Three Bodies by Nahama Brody. And I just must note that um, Nahama writes under the name of N.R. Brody. She doesn't use her full name. It's N.R. Brody if you're looking for her books. And, yes, Three Bodies. If you've just tuned in, I'm chatting to Eileen from Pan Macmillan Publishers. And she's giving us a heads up on some of the books that we need to look out for, most of which are currently already available. And Jana said I should aim for book clubs. So I think a lot of these are just, the fiction is wonderful transporting fiction. And um, the book I'm going to talk about next is nonfiction, but I think a lot of South Africans love stories of the bush. Yes. And very this popular. is stories about trackers, uh, who have worked in a number of different, uh, game reserves in South Africa, uh, so the author is Alex van den Heever, and he's written it with Renius Mflongo. Um, they, so Alex is a game ranger, and Renius is his tracker. And Alex has been very frank about the fact that when he first got to the lodge where they were working, he was quite cocky. He like felt like he knew everything. And Renius actually had to save him from a leopard oh and saved gosh. his life. And from that, he realized, actually... This guy has something to show me. And, and ma- maybe he doesn't know. No, maybe everything. I don't actually know everything as a 22 year old. Um, and so basically this is the story of their unfolding relationship of finding ways to connect across quite, quite a, a cultural barrier, a cultural cavern, like a wide difference in experiences of life. And they now actually do talks about how you can, um, find those connections and the, the power of diversity and what it can actually bring to us. Um, but this book is very much stories from their time as trackers. So there are, they track jaguars in South America and bears in the US. And um, my favorite actually is Ferraris in London. They tracked Ferraris because <laughs> Renius really wanted well, to drive a Ferrari. That's quite different. <laughs> Not sure how you track a Ferrari. Not so the wildest of animals, yeah. but uh, interesting. Yeah. So that's that's changing a leopard spots. Yes. And that is coming out this month as well. It should be in stores um by this weekend and uh, Alex and Renius are going to be in Joburg uh, on the 16th, 17th, 18th and 19th of March. So if you're in Joburg, uh, look out for events on our social media pages. Oh, brilliant. That's on the Pan Macmillan social media pages. So look out for those. Um, I'm chatting to Eileen from Pan Macmillan. And if you have anything to contribute to the conversation, you can SMS us on 34519 or send us through a message on Telegram on 06. One eight nine five one zero one nine. What's up next? So next is a 
favourite, favourite fiction author of mine and Janice's. Definitely one of my favourites. Um, this is Gail Schimmel, and this is our third book with Gail. It's called Two Months. And Gail's books are just so great if you live in South Africa because you will recognize so many of the characters. You And she has a, a really humorous way of portraying the little foibles of South Africans. Especially, especially Joe Burgess. Yeah, it really. Um, so a lot of this book happens in Parkhurst. Yes. And you will recognize a lot. If You'll you recognize Joburg moms, the yummy mummies. Exactly. She, she specializes in those. <laughs> um, now, this book is quite different from Gail's previous two. It has the same humor, it has the same cast of characters, but it's much more of a thriller. Um, and there's a mystery. A woman wakes up, Erica, the main character, and she can't remember the past two months of her life. And her husband is trying to help her, but over, as the days pass, she realizes the stories he's telling her aren't really consistent and strange things keep happening. And so she's having quite a bad time, as you can imagine. Um, and then the book has three storylines. So it's Erica in matric. It's Erica when she has woken up after two months. And it's two months previously. What happened that caused her to lose her memory? Um, and the three storylines kind of weave together and you, you find out what the terrible thing that happened, um, to Erica was that has made her forget everything. This just sounds fabulous. And it sounds juicy are, I mean, and it sounds amazing. It, it, Gail's books are always impossible to talk about because it's very easy to give away the spoilers. So I'm like, Biting my tongue at every moment. Um, but there are all sorts of, like, interesting little twists. You will not see the end coming. Um, you will love people, then you will hate people, then you will love them again. It is absolutely brilliant. I can't wait for everyone to read it. And that is coming out next month. Um, so, yeah, get your hands on a copy So of look that. out for that. That is Two Months by Gail Schimmel. And then... I'm not going to talk at length about the next two um, books that I've I've chosen. They're both uh, local nonfiction. Um, the first one is Bruce Whitfield's book, and I'm sure many many people will recognise Bruce's name. He is the business presenter on Radio Seven or Two and on uh, Cape Talk. Although I'm not sure I should mention other radio stations. <gasps> Anyway, uh, he moving also on. has a show. <laughs> moving along. He also has a show on ENCA and he's just a very well respected business journalist. Um, he is apparently the most awarded business journalist in South Africa. Uh, so his book is called The Upside of Down, How Chaos and Uncertainty Breed Opportunity in South Africa. And the reason I put it in, because it's not, it's not a typical book club read, but I do think it's a read I think we hear so many negative stories living in South Africa and people are so worried all of the time and you keep hearing about people immigrating and we live with that constant stress and that constant pressure. And this is someone, a really reliable source who is saying these are good reasons that South Africa actually is a place of opportunity that 
there are the the country is really strong and there are good things. So something positive is always nice. Okay, that's always good to know. Um, and what's also interesting, um, people may have read the book Factfulness, uh, which came out last year. It's not a Pam McMillan book, and I don't know the name of the author, but it inter- interrogates um, uh, notions that we hold dear, but we don't actually know are true, and. Bruce also does that where he says, you know, sometimes things will be anecdotal and you'll just sort of start believing them because you hear them all around, but we don't interrogate them enough. And sometimes the negative things that we believe aren't actually. You adopt them as yeah, fact. And actually they're not true. So it's quite nice as a, as a something to lift your spirits. Okay. And then, so that's coming out in April and as that's, well. That's the upside of down. How chaos and uncertainty Breed Opportunities in South Africa, and that's by Bruce Whitfield. I'm sure his name is very familiar mm-hmm. to many of you. And then the, the last local title that I'm going to chat about on our adults list is called Sermons of Soul by Eman Rapetti. Um, Eman was a radio presenter and a TV presenter and a international journalist. Um, she's now working in corporate communications. But these are her musings on life. And um, you might have seen Oprah's book uh, The Wisdom of Sundays where she she writes these sort of pieces on different themes and this is Iman's take on it. It's a beautiful gift book and it's coming out in May for Mother's Day. Okay. Oh, that's a great gift book. That's fabulous. And we are going to whiz through some international fiction titles after the break. I love it when you this is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. Hi, I'm back with my guest, Eileen, from Pan Macmillan Publishers. And we've been chatting all things books, mostly local authors up till now. And if you want to contribute anything to the conversation, you can SMS us on 34519 or message us on Telegram on 0618951019. And I know that time is running short as it always seems to when we are talking about books. And now we are going to get to some international fiction titles. Um, I mean, really, I, I could talk all day. Yes, it's could. terrible. <laughs> I feel <laughs> but um, I'm very grateful to have a whole hour. So the next book that I'm going to talk about is a memoir. Um, and it won the Jewish Book Council Award. So I thought for High FM it was yeah, probably a perfect. great uh, great one to choose. And it's also about people who love reading because the biggest book club in the world uh, reads the Talmud and you read it a daily page. Yes. And is it Duff Yomi? Yes, that's it. Yeah. Um, so this is a memoir of a woman who was really struggling. She'd gone through a divorce. And so she started doing this and kind of fell in love with her religion and also with her life again through this daily practice. Um, it's very beautifully written. The book is called If All the Seas Were Ink, and it's by Ilana Kershan. Um, and it's just uh, very interesting as well for everybody. I mean, it, it's just been uh, – I haven't finished it, but I'm about halfway through. And it's fascinating to learn about the culture and something that's such a – as someone who loves reading um, – Something so deeply ingrained is, it's wonderful. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And they just, I, th- I think it takes 
seven years of yeah, having and they've just started and then, a new yes they've just started a new um cycle of, of reading this year yes so, um so that's if all the seas were ink by ilana kershon and then i'm going to mention quickly a book that came out last year because i think a lot of people hadn't heard of it which is a bit weird because it's by one of the Best known authors, I think, in the world, Jeffrey yes. Archer. Yes, and I was saying I didn't know that this had come out. I actually only heard about it, I think it was yesterday or the day before. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, he's still at it. <laughs> and he takes on these very challenging projects of, of, um, series mm. of, of, and he starts off saying, oh, it'll be a trilogy. And then it's four books and then it's five <laughs> books and then it's seven books. Huh? And I'm like, oh, I always think, oh, what happens if he dies before he finishes? You know, oh, oh and oh he my does the terrible thing of leaving a cliffhanger yes. at the end of each book. So you could be really like distraught. You know, has, has he left ideas? Is someone else going to carry on? But thank goodness he's still with us. He is. Very much so. And this is the beginning of a new series. Wow. If you read the Clifton Chronicles, which yes. was um, his previous series of seven books, which followed uh, a family over several generations, um, one member of the family was a writer and was writing a story. And this is that story. Um, so this is... It's just so clever. I know. <laughs> it's, it's just like, you're like, I wish I had thought of that. It's, so, <laughs> Not a, it's just writing. brilliant. Um, so... This is the life of William Warwick, who is a, a detective in London, um, despite the fact that his family are sort of upper-class Britishers who are deeply <laughs> disappointed in, in him. Um, and this is the first book of his investigations. So uh, that's just a fun one if you love it. And it's called Archer. Nothing Ventured. Yes. So that's one to look out for. I haven't actually... I haven't seen it in, in shops. Is it, is it out? It is in it, shops. It is a it. beautiful hardback book and, um, the paperback version is coming in April, I think, if you want to. I, I do know books are very expensive, so sometimes the paperback is okay, worth so the wait. So not, no, no, not too long to wait for that then. Yeah. Um, then the next one I'm going to talk about, uh, is just out now this month. It's called The Mercies. It is, um, ooh, it's historical fiction and, it's based on a true story of an island just off Norway called Vardo. And it opens in 1617 on Christmas Eve where there's a massive storm and all of the men of the village are out fishing and are killed. So it's 1617 and there is a village of women all by themselves. And they kind of... The book opens and they're struggling to work out how to manage life without the men of the village. And for six months they are fine and they're kind of working it out and then another year passes. A year and a half later, the church gets wind of this and, you know, you can't have women self-sufficient. That's just not appropriate in the 1600s. So they say... Women these days would have a lot to say about that. I think it definitely is. I think there's been a lot of historical fiction that has a strong feminist bent, and this definitely falls into that uh, collection of books. Um, so the church sends someone to investigate why are these women surviving, and he is a witch hunter. Oh my gosh. And it gets more and more tense as they start to find out that some of the traditional beliefs from this island, from um, the Laplanders, are still being practiced and people are accused of witchcraft and it kind of, 
a, a relationship between this commissioner's wife and one of the young women of the village. They are very close friends and kind of develops. And so there's a real sense of breathless creeping because it's also this tiny community of, and it, it's quite claustrophobic, but it's it's beautifully written. It's very atmospheric. And I have to say the cover is beautiful. It is a staggeringly lovely cover. I am... Um, and I, yes, I, I, <laughs> judge me if you like, but but we do judge books by their covers. Definitely, we do. I mean, it tells you everything about the genre. About uh, yeah, it just says so much. And this cover is really it's it's so eye catching. It's gorgeous. So this is the Mercies by Karen Millwood Hargrave, and that's in stores now. And I I, I really recommend it. It's a great read. Um, for yeah, it's just great fiction. Fiction that transports you to another place in time. That sounds fabulous. Uh, then the last international fiction title I'm going to talk about is coming in April, and it's called The Yellow Bird Sings. Uh, and the author is Jennifer Rosner, and this is her debut. And the UK, this is their big historical fiction debut for the year um, from our UK arm. Uh, so this is set in Poland in 1941. And it's been compared to Room, which was the story of the, the mother with her son who they're captured and they're living together in one room. Um, because this, a mother and her young daughter are hiding in a chicken, in a chicken shed and cannot make a noise because they are Jewish and if they are captured, they will be sent to the camps. But what's incredible is that the daughter is a musical prodigy and she hears these amazing symphonies in her head but they can't make a sound and the book unfolds and then it's whether she the mother has to make this terrible decision of whether she lets the little girl go or whether she can protect her better if they stay together so this sounds fabulous that's the yellow bird sings by Jennifer Rosner. And that's, as you said, what did you say? Out next month. Out next month. Yeah. That's out next month. That's definitely one to look out for. And we will be wrapping up after this break. I love it when you read to me. This is People of the Book with Janice Liebowitz. We are back. And it's me, Janice Liebowitz. I'm here with Eileen from Pan Macmillan. And before we wrap up and leave you, I know that Eileen wants to mention they have got some fabulous children's books that yes. really, we, we, I know it's vital that our children read. I say this, my children are not book lovers, but um, they do love a good story. So... Tell us about that. Well, yesterday was World Book Day, and um, just for that, you'll see all over the place, there were lots of things about how important it is for development, about um, bonds between parents and children's reading together. But I do know, um, I'm not a parent myself, but I know anecdotally that getting children to read is really quite tough. And what's amazing at Pan Macmillan this year is we started a local children's publishing arm with um, the wonderful publisher Mimi Duplessis is our new publisher who's publishing local children's books. very exciting. I, f- I find that exciting. Uh, it's so brilliant. Our office has been overrun for the last little while with zombies because <laughs> the book that's coming out this mo- month is called Grandpa Zombie um, and there's also an Afrikaans version, Opa Zombie. And this is by a, an author called Yako Jacobs, who I didn't know about, but he is the biggest 
in in volume selling South African author, and he's written some some ridiculous number of children's. I feel like I'm embarrassed. I've never heard children's of children's books in Afrikaans, and we are now publishing him in English as well. Um, and the books are funny. They are silly. Um, Grandpa Zombie, the little boy Alex's grandfather is turning into a zombie and wants to eat brains, but they work out that if they give him broccoli, they can satisfy his craving for brains. Um, and that very, very much is like the humor in the books. Uh, very is hilarious. He has two daughters, but he loves uh, zombies and werewolves. But mostly just humor for children. I so think when so you nice. when you write out that you have to know your audience, and yeah. he clearly knows how to get them interested in yeah. reading. Because I know zombies and brains <laughs> and heroes that that's the way to to pull them in. I mean, yeah. you know, trying to to talk to them about things like classics and things like no. that. They they no. that'll just that switch in their brain will just go down. Uh, the books are great. I mean, there are camel races. There is a hot air balloon. There is a lot of action. Um, they're full of beautiful illustrations by the illustrator. I've lost the illustrator's name. Theodore K. Um, and uh, they're four sort of grade threes, fours, and fives, I think, would be about the age range. So uh, look out for the Yako Jacobs books. And um, we've also translated some from Afrikaans uh, about Zach. Um, so it's Zach Attack and Zach is Back. And those are also just great stories. They're, these these ones are three short stories in a book. They're perfect for like one afternoon, sit your kid down, and they might just love it. Brilliant to get your kids reading. Those are the Yako Jacobs books from Pan Macmillan from their children's division. Brand new. And... Thank you so much, Aileen. This is the and shortest hour. <laughs> I can't believe it's time, over. Time flies when you're talking about books. And I will not be here in studio next week because I will be down in Cape Town for the Jewish Literary Festival next Sunday. Yes, I know that my show is on a Friday, but I'm long story. Um, but I will not be in studio next Friday. If you are in Cape Town please do try and book for the Jewish Literary Festival. It only happens once every two years. It is the most fabulous event. And um, Pan Macmillan do have three authors there. Three authors. It's Gail Schimmel. It is, she will be talking about her new book, Two Months. Um, Richard Sutton will be there. Um, I'm sure many of you know him. And I think he, he was a regular at, some, at one point yeah, on High he FM. Was. He was here quite often. He talks about the stress code and... Also very relevant, um, talks a lot about um, gut health and just general management of stress. Uh, and, yeah, come and listen to him. And Nakama Brody, she'll be talking about her new book as well. And three fabulous authors from Pan Macmillan. And our very own Howard Feldman will be there. So, I mean, you know, if, if nothing else, come and listen to him because, you know, you don't listen to him enough. So come and listen to him live and in person, not just on your radio. And it's going to be a fabulous day. The festival is organized and run entirely by volunteers. So this is really something to support. And, you know, where else do you want to be on a Sunday but surrounded by book lovers, authors, and just just general bookish a, a general bookish environment. I can think of nothing more exciting. Yes, I know a lot of people will tell me I need a life, but for me, that is life. 
So this is somewhere where you want to be. It is at the Jewish Center in Cape Town. And as I said, you will not be hearing me on your airwaves next Friday because that's where I will be. Eileen, it has been a pleasure having you with me in studio, and I will get you in here again. And thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. What a wonderful way to spend a Friday morning. (laughs) And everyone, enjoy your reading week, and I will be on your airwaves again soon.